could always say climbing the mountain to win world strongest man looking back man that was almost easier than maintaining it oh yeah well that's oh, for sure right because now you're always. hunted and you're still a hunted like mm -hmm. anybody who's a world strongest man winner at this event and i believe there's four of you yep you're all hunted for different reasons yeah the guys who've you know the the younger guys who are one-time winners they're they're being hunted by the guys who want it, have who haven't won at all. Those three guys are competing against each other to see who's getting two. For and sure. Then they're all chasing you because they want to catch you to be four, and then you're chasing someone else because you want to be the next guy to do five. And For sure. Welcome to the Shots Ring Podcast. I'm your host Brian Shaw, and today I am joined by Mr. Nick Best. And Mr. Joe Ken, and uh, really happy to have you guys here, man. This is going to be fun. We're going to talk about training longevity, and I felt like this is an appropriate topic um, with with all of us, but but especially with you guys. Uh, and this is a question that I get a lot: is how do I prolong my career? How do I avoid injuries? Uh, be smart with my training, and I I feel like the influence now more so than ever with all the the you know social media content everybody's wanting to put out their best lifting video and and especially these younger lifters are coming in and saying i got to put out my best numbers if it's not my best number you know and it's almost like instagram lifting right like the, this is the problem versus sticking to a plan having the longevity thinking about the long game and so uh i, I just thought with you guys it'd be a fun topic to kind of go down because you have sure. some insight you have some knowledge uh, you got your training background, how you came in, lessons you've learned. So, um, yeah, I feel like we can have a good time with this. Oh, yeah, that's a great topic. You want me to start? Let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I would say the first thing that you have to, and we talked about this again with, with Nick at his point in his career, yourself in your career, and we even brought up like big laws. Yeah. And what he, some of the comments I've heard him talking, and I'm like, he's, you, got, you have to embrace where you are at this moment. For that's, sure. That's for sure. Like, uh, and when you've been in the strength game, especially at the levels you guys, you guys have been, that's never going to, that's never not going to be part of your plan. Like regardless in, in retirement, a non-competition, you're still going to go into the weight room and want to move big weights. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, even in my, in my world, I'm still chasing certain objectives that I feel are pertinent to my, my world, myself being. But I think what you have to be is you have to be realistic. Yeah. And that's where, and you have to be, like you're saying, in this day and age of internet lifting, you, everybody's showing their best. Just show who you are. Like I make a, I make a pertinent issue to show what I'm doing because people know, most people who know me know I'm a decent sized guy. Yeah. But I'm showing numbers that are, like the other day, hey, I'm on the process of recovering. Here's a 405 and a 425 deadlift at 11 inches. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why would you post that out? That's like, you know, I, I've seen 114-pound women deadlifting 400 now because that's where I am in May 2nd or whatever data was posted yeah. at this point in the training plan and in the quest for where I'm going next so that people understand that everybody has – the level, like what's the level? And all you're trying to do is level up your own level. Yeah. And, I, and I'm chasing the motivation that others give me, but I know where I am. 
Yeah. And I know what a true aspiration of where I can be is. So I'm not overreaching. I'm striving to do something that's reachable, but it's going to take time. And that's the game. It's the slow cooking game, right? Yep, yep. Is how do you expand the training plan that gives you what you want without sacrificing the fact that the long game is what we're all in it for. And that's where, as you guys start to really trans transition out of the competitive framework and things start to slow down for you, you'll see how that changes from you from a, from a perspective of like what you'll see is you'll spend more time on the things to get you to that one lift for the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, all right, I got to do this lift and then I got these big accessories. Now all of a sudden these accessories become your, your beginning. Yeah. And it becomes like, Hey, I got to knock out all this ancillary stuff first because this is what's really going to protect me for this one big lift and these specific sets and reps. Sure. Because I want to train heavy and I want to train hard. And I think that's the one thing that where ex-athletes kind of fall off is because they're trying to remember what they were. Yeah. And realizing, hey, no one's what they were. Yeah. And if you can get to that perspective of, I'm going to train as heavy as I can at this age, on this date, at this hour, and I'm going to set a new record for that day, that age, and that hour, you'll be able to to lengthen it out knowing that, hey, it is what it is. And that's sure. what the thing is. And, and, and it all trickles down. So the higher level guys are still going to be strong. Yeah. The middle guys are still going to be middle strong. Yep. And if you weren't very strong in the beginning, you're still not going to be very strong, but you're training at the highest level of relative intensity and strength that yeah. you are. That's, that's the hardest part of being a very strong person yeah. and, and understanding that, hey, at some point in time, the static strength numbers, they begin to drop as much as you hate to say it. Sure. And, and, and the good ones or the, or the highly effective ones can maintain that for a longer period of time. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, I mean, for me, I'm thankful when I was first getting going that social media really wasn't there. That video content, you know, putting it out, people watching it, you know, seeing what other lifters are doing, that type of thing. It was not as prevalent as it is now. And so, you know, for me, I kind of got in a mindset where I'm going to run my race. I'm going to do what I need to do for the day, go in and, and I'm, I'm, really challenging myself to lift more right from for me not for anybody else and i've tried to maintain that even though we share a lot of different stuff a lot of people don't realize clips that i'll share most of the time it's not my top lift right yeah. like it's just a lift and I, I, a lot of times i won't even put the number and everybody's like oh what's the number yeah. what's the number right but i'll just put a lift and say okay i'm putting my work in right and it's more about trying to motivate people show that I'm doing the work and that type of thing versus getting caught up in this one number that I'm putting out there where, and it's the mindset where if I could go in and train, and I said this before, and this is what I very much used to do when guys came to train with me, the phones, right? Phone. You can't even bring the damn phone in the gym. I don't want it in the gym and I don't want you on the, I don't want you on your phone. If you're on your phone out, like you're done. Right. And that's what, that was the mentality it was like, we come in, we shut the door, we get to work and you're, you're training in this enclosed environment where only the people that are in that room know what's going on. And then you show up and you're judged at the contest. So what you do at the contest is the measuring stick. It's not all the hoopla, you know, stuff 
you know, when you're, when you're building up, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to do this because I saw it on, you know, I, I saw, I follow him on social media. He's going to crush it. It's the guy that you need to be worried about that's not necessarily posting all the stuff <laughs> that's behind the scenes working hard and paying the price behind closed door. And, and that's what I wanted for me was, okay, I pay attention to what other guys are putting out for sure, but they don't know what I'm bringing necessarily. And a lot of times, and still to this day, I won't put out most of the stuff that I'm doing uh, behind closed doors. And I think that, that is, there's a quality to that versus saying, hey, every time I do something, I need to put it on and show people, right? And compare and make sure that I'm doing the, this top lift or else people are going to judge me. I feel like it's a negative, a very negative mindset to get into, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it can it can be a very detrimental thing to success and progress right and and uh and we can talk about the numbers how the numbers have evolved and when i came into strongman you know when you came into strongman um and what what was you know because like for example like a deadlift a lot of people like to talk about a deadlift when i came into strongman a 400 kilo deadlift 881 pounds (laughs) big big deal right if you're pulling 400 kilos that's like top of the mark and then it was 900 right 900 was in the mark and then the mark was, okay, you got to be in the 900s. You got to be above that. And then it's, a, all right, who's going to do 1,000? And everybody's chasing these numbers, but it's it just like kind of a, a revolving thing. And the perspective changes over time. But guys coming into the sport now, if they're pulling 400 kilos, back then it would have been great. Now it's like, oh, you can only do yeah, 400. That's the opener. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's different. But from a training longevity, you still need to build up to that. And it's still an amazing lift, yes, mm-hmm. right? And that perspective, I think, is the difference for younger lifters coming in is they're trying to compare themselves to the very, very top and say, I have to be there overnight. And I think that might be why some of these younger guys are getting hurt quicker and why the longevity may not be there. Well, yeah, because it, it, it takes time to build anything that's going to last. And if you get there real fast, you're going to have a price to pay. And it means you're not going to be there very long. Plain and simple. You build it one step, one brick at a time, like you say, and you just move slowly and methodically through it. Slow, methodical gains over time will destroy everybody in the long run. And you can stay there as long as you can find ways of staying healthy and keeping getting injured. As I've gotten older, most of the things that have you know uh, been detrimental to my flat out outright strength is injuries and suffering through them. And then I try to rehab the injuries best I can and get as far up and close to my new normal as what it is. And then I reestablish my new normal and I set goals to break that new normal, Yeah, which is what I just did this last weekend. Yep. And you know, which is coming, coming back from an injury. So you're coming back from a lat tear surgery. Yeah. I tore my lat completely off my humerus. Yeah. So Which is a, not not a small. Yeah, that's no, not a small that's deal. Not, yeah, you're, you're not right putting DMSO on that. No, no, no. No, I mean it was a graph, two anchors, uh, suturing that was the size of the cables that are running through this cord. Yeah, to go around to reattach it to it, and then he put a graph on top of that. It, it's it's more. He did a Dr. McGee did a phenomenal job reattaching it and then i had to do the work of getting it rehabbed yeah so that's what i've been slowly methodically but diligently working on all year 
to yeah. get back to just throwing on a couple extra 25s on the weight stack and just rip and pull down. Just yeah. Like. No, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. I love it, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. Yesterday was actually the heaviest I've done lap pull downs yeah. since the surgery. Yeah. So I was pretty That stoked. was the environmental yeah. factors yeah. of yesterday. Yeah. 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 Well, you're lifting with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, yeah, kind of got to throw down. But. Yeah, you got to go. So, so speaking of injuries, mm-hmm. one of the things that I think like early on, and I always wanted to talk to the older guys, right? Like that's, that's who I wanted to learn from the guys that when I started getting in the sport, the guys that had been there for a long, long time, it's like, you go ask them a couple of questions and I would ask them, you know, okay, what maybe would they have done different if they would have knew, known what they knew at that point early on, what would they do different? And one of the common themes that I kind of pulled away from some of those conversations was that they would listen to their body better earlier on like in their career and so i i try to take that away and say okay cool i'm going to try to be disciplined with listening to myself because you have this and it's tough it's a tough line to walk because you have kind of this you don't want to be soft right when you're going into training like it's i want to train hard and i can push through it you know because it's like this mental discipline that you've built and you're going in there and you know I don't like to quit. I don't quit, right? So it's no. like if something doesn't feel right, the tendency is to say, hey, let's push through this. Let's go a little bit harder. And I learned this for me. Probably the hardest lesson I had to learn was was uh, 2012, right? So I'm coming off 2011 where I won every contest that I entered in 2011. Going to 2012 and, and uh, they took the stone out of the Arnold, the no stone load in the Arnold, and we'd got an axle clean only. And I've talked about this on the podcast before where I, I was pissed off. I took it as a personal attack on my on me, and I trained very stupidly. I trained with aggression. I trained with rage. And I I did axle clean. I did axle clean every week, right? My sternum was so bruised from hitting it with an axle, it started popping, right? I wasn't sure if I'd broke my sternum or not, but I went in and did that. I just did it, did it, did it. And I wasn't really keeping up with my treatment. I wasn't letting myself recover. I just, I just didn't give a shit. It was like, it's, it's this day, it's axle clean, and I'm going to prove a point on axle clean. And I did. I, I trained it hard, right? And I was like, all right, you're going to take away my best event. I'm going to come in and win that event that you're trying to put it in because I'm taking it personally. And I did. And I was ready to go in and do five reps at 460 pounds, like axle clean only, right? Yeah. And I, I could hit that. I did it in training. I was ready. First rep of the contest, bicep comes off. And the reason the bicep, I, you know, whatever, I trained stupid. I didn't listen to my body. And there was weeks where I should have backed it off and I didn't listen. Cause I just, I turned it off. I, I lit that, that voice in my head is like, Brian, you beat up. I was like, I don't care. I do not care. I'm training this. I'm going past that pain barrier, whatever. And, um, and I paid the price. Right. And I said, okay, I, I, the only person at that point I could look at was myself and say, what could I have done different? Well, here it is glaring. Boom, boom, boom. You should have listened to yourself. <laughs> Big neon sign. Yeah. Blink, 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 blink. Yep. And, and, and I was like, all right, I'm taking it. I'm going to get it fixed and I'll come back and, and I'm not going to do that again. Right. As much as I might be pissed off about something or, or have this motivating factor, I'm still going to manipulate it and train it in a smart way. And I think that you know, knock on wood, I've been able to by and large avoid big injuries, avoid that type of stuff. But there's been days where I've had to listen and say, I'm going to shut it down 
and not push, not push to that level. But then there's days where I feel better and I can push a little bit harder. So it's kind of auto regulating the training. And I think that that's a tough thing, you know, and maybe, you know, house like with some of the athletes you've dealt with, I'm sure you've seen a gamut of guys that probably need to push themselves a little bit harder and guys that will push through anything and you almost need to pull them back. Well, and I think, I think if there's one thing that I've noticed and especially as we've gotten closer, you have done a great job of call, calling or texting. Hey, this is what the script said. Yeah. This is what I felt. And again, that's that's extremely hard for what you guys do because of you know there's only a certain amount of time and you have to get the work done. But yeah, you can get the work done now and then pull out because you're hurt. Or you get yeah. there and you get hurt, which is totally. even worse. Yeah. Way worse. You know, yeah, so yeah. yeah, the auto the auto regulation is something that I think maturity is the key to auto regulation is because as you saw earlier in your career I'm pushing through that yeah I'm 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 this guy I'm not, you know it's a yeah. big guy strong guy rough guy tough guy mentality yep. until you get hurt and you realize hey yeah. man you're not you you again <laughs> yeah. you know kryptonite right it's yeah. like what's up something and that's where having third party help yes can yeah. help you ease the I don't want to say ease the pain, but like ease your mind to know, hey, it's okay that the script isn't what you can't hit the script today. Uh, and again, but there's and then there's also the opposite times, right? Where hey, if you feel like you can go, like we've done, like let's go. hey man, here's here's the sets and reps, but let's push to this if you feel mm-hmm. it. And if you don't, it's okay because if you hit this, we're still in in a good in a good spot. Yeah, and that's where the team helps. Yeah. And that's yep. where, you know, like I always say, know when to fold them, know when to hold them, and yeah. then know when to push all in. That's the hardest part of being a pure strength athlete. Big because time. a lot of, because on game day, you got to push all in. Yeah. But in training, you got to push, but can you push all in too many times and lead to, you know, to bad things happening? And that's the, that's the hardest part of when you're, when you're, figuring things out on your own and that and that's where you see like i have a lot like you're saying with some of the athletes i've had you're right a lot of them won't push as hard outside of the the sport yeah you know for us the sport is the weight room yeah so it's a little bit different for us but for them it's well i i need to i know about how much i need to do in this but then you get the other guys who are just infatuated with the whole process and i i always I think here's a good example of how it maybe can help for the general public or even for people that have experiences of myself or you guys is I call it like the gas tank mentality. We've talked about this. So, you know, Brian's a large human being. Nick's a large human being. But Brian, being as big as he is, he's got a 25-gallon gas tank and Nick's got 22 and I got 20. Yeah. You come to me and you tell me, hey, here's what I've done. I need to do all this plus this to get where I got to go. Well, you're asking 30 gallons of work in a 25-gallon tank. So that means we've got five gallons of overflow. What usually happens when something overflows? It's a problem. There's a problem. Yeah. You're not going to – something's going to happen. Yeah. So the question now becomes, which we've learned 
yeah. during our process together is, okay, what can we remove that's not necessarily it's ancillary stuff that we can take out so that we can add the things we need to maintain a full gas tank at 25. Yep. And then knowing that sometimes we're going to expend a lot of energy and we go down and we have to refuel based off of loading parameters. And this, but we don't over overshoot and go over 25 gallons yeah. and then lead towards, you know, self-destruction and, and things like that. And that's where, so you come in with this plan Okay, I evaluated what we did this cycle or this or for training for this event. We talked about this earlier about certain things I've already learned about. Hey, next event, Big <laughs> we, we've got to do some things. Yep. And okay, well, if if we're going to put these exercises in and these are big exercises, then we've got to schedule a couple of ones that didn't really benefit us out. Totally. And yes. then the little stuff is like, hey, now as we get more understanding of the body and where we see the little nuances, now we create these real specific things of do I do I really need to do this general shoulder exercise or do I need to do this very specific variation to give me more carryover when it's time to flip to majority of the event training versus your general prep training? Yeah. Well, it, just like the the biggest bang for your buck, so to speak. Yeah, like you for get, sure. You got to have kind of your meat and potatoes of of the training and, and what's going to feel like you said the tank yep. right like how much of your tank are you using are you going too much are you going too hard and and with by and large with the sport of strongman it is easy it is easy to to go past where where you should and and, right? and you know when that time is world's strongest man yeah shaw classic the yep. new Rogue Invitational, going overseas at a giant live event for guys who got to go and qualify for stuff. Big time. You know, the Arnold Classic. These these are the times. If you're going to push, yep. push when it counts. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yep. we, we always talk about, like, Eddie Cohn, man. I, I'm never going to set a record in, in practice yeah. because it doesn't matter what I do in practice. And, sure. You know, and then, and, and it's, that's, that's, and that's, that's hard. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Like at some point in time, hey, we got to kind of know where we're at at this point in time, and that's that's the that's the creativity and the expertise of all the people involved in the team, and that's where, like again, we keep talking about it. the long term play is being smart. Yeah, you know, it's like smart, hard, and stupid hard. You know, yep. with a college kid or when you're a young up and coming strength coach, you can or a, or a young up and coming strongman, you can be stupid hard and still win. Yeah. But at, at, at yeah. the ages that you guys are now, you got to be smart, hard, and still be able to win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of the new guys when they come in, they shoot up like a rocket ship, and then they go to competition A, B, C, D, E, F. They start getting banged up, and then they start performing a little bit, a little worse, a little worse, a little worse. Then they'll break. Then they're out for a while. Then they come back. The smart ones will fix that and learn from it and adjust. The ones that aren't that smart will just keep going right back to the things. I got to get back there. I got to do this. It's like, dude, just take it one little bit at a time. Go do this contest, perform well, reevaluate, get ready, take your time and reschedule it each time. And don't just because you get up there doesn't mean you have to do everything that comes in. Yeah. And yeah, they want to promote you, but how can they promote you and keep promoting you? When you're you not keep, there. When you're not there because you're broke. Yeah. And guys have got to be smarter about contest choices once they do hit it onto the big stage. And 
pick and choose, you know, how many of these things you want to go to. How many contests can you feasibly go all in on in a year? So you're going to have to either take the thing of, okay, I can go all in on three contests a year, but I'm going to do another six, but I'm going to use those as training days. Yeah. Or you're going to do your three contests and then you get to sit back and train and do what you need to do to get ready throughout the year. Either way can work, but you need to dis- to understand you can't let your ego get involved when you go to the smaller contests that are out of season and maybe not win, but just go get good practice in. Well, and that's the key because we, we talked about this early in our in our journey together this year about like utilizing meets as training meets, yeah. but because a lot of powerlifters used to do that, right? We'll go in, yeah. I'll set my openers, and I'll qualify for nationals, and I get out. I think in your guy and, and we talked and when you're when you're when your absolute contentment is winning, yeah, it's harder for that guy who is at the point of where you guys are at to do training meets because yeah, it's not going to work. Where that now, but but you, I think there there is value in creating a mock meet in your in your training. Yeah, which should be more beneficial because then it's not like, oh, there's a trophy on the line. Well, I'm not just going in to do five reps, (laughs) even though that's what the plan for the training day was. If I know eight reps is going to win, oh, I'm not stopping. And then, but but now you've just deteriorated that three more reps, put that much more stress on you. Sure. That when you come back the next week to do a regular week of training, now you got to take more time off because you just went contest ready. Yeah, and it's it's a hard process to really dif- dif- differentiate the mental mindsets and most of you guys because it's an alpha sport. Yeah, if you're going to a strongman meet, you're going there to be the strongest guy on that day at that event. Yep. So it's it's very hard for you guys to flip switches off. Like, hey, this meet I'm chilling. This meet I'm going to go eighty. This meet is go time. And I realized that when I was bringing it up to Brian, I was like. Yeah, that's never going to work for this guy because he's a hundred percent or on comp day. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, I, for me, here's what I'd say: early early on in my career, I felt like it was very important to get more competition experience. So I wanted to get into every scenario that I possibly could. Meaning, I'm up on points, I'm behind on points, I'm tied, right? And then put myself in that situation to see how I was going to react and how I was going to deal with all these different contests. And there was, there was a, a, a gamut of different things that happened. Right. And you put yourself in those pressure situations. I mean, I remember, um, you know, there was a, a super series, right. The world finals of the super series in Sweden. Yep. Right. And um, it was a stones and I, I had had, I felt like crap, man. Like I had a jet lag I had a headache that was pounding just my body, like the day, and I was leading, right? Mm-hmm. I was supposed to, this is a contest I was supposed to win. Everybody's looking at me like, you know, what the hell's wrong with you, man? And and it came down, and I'm like, you know what, man? I've been here before. I'm just going to grind, and I'm going to put pressure. And then it came down to me and Stoyan Todorchev. You remember this? Mm-hmm. So the only way that I could win that contest is if I won the stones, right? And he took last in the stones. Yes. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and I went out there and, and, uh, Jason Bergman had put up a good time. Uh, Dave, I think put up a good, there was like, guys were crushing it, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, perfect. They're setting the stage for what I need to do in this moment. And I said, I don't give a shit. Cause nobody's going to remember my headache. Nobody's going to remember the jet lag. Nobody's going to care after this is done. 
how I felt, right? I have to put all that shit out of my mind and it's go time. And I walked out there and I crushed the stones, crushed them. And I put so much pressure on Stoyan because everybody else had put up good times and then I beat all those times. And he's walking out there last, right? And he folded. He completely folded. He fucked up the first stone, didn't load it. Spun on him. Right? And, and you could see it unfold. Like you literally, you look at his eyes before. And I remember walking back and I was like, yeah, man, I, I did it. Like I did what I needed to do. And it was like, he, 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 he just fell apart. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he ended up, and I mean, yeah, you can feel bad for him, but this is competition. Right. And in that moment, it was like, and not that Stoyne's a bad guy or anything, man, good, no. good competitor could move better with weight, maybe than almost anybody I'd ever seen at his size. Like, great great competitor he had a great contest that day too but when it mattered even though i had had a rougher contest i figured out a way because i'd been in those moments and then i won that contest because i won the stones right and you stepped up when you had to step up but you have to get that experience in those moments and early on in my career i learned more about myself being in those moments and and you travel to these different countries and you got the the time difference and the jet lag and you know some of these dudes are going over there they've got a one or two hour time difference they're flying straight down (laughs) and and it's like okay well you're you're an american you're not supposed to do this right like americans don't come over here and and do great with this right like you're showing up and you you got everything going against you but you could you could make excuse after excuse after excuse, or you can get it done, right? And you can step up and figure it out. And that was more my mentality was like, okay, let's go in and win these things. And then once I got to that level, then I backed off the number of contests. So I had to go. I had to pay the price. And right now, I mean, this is a... a a great time for anybody coming into the sport because you have all these opportunities. I mean, these dudes get to fly over. They get to fly over and do these contests where it's like, Hey, all your, are you, all your travels covered? You're getting taken care of and you have an opportunity to win pretty damn good prize money Yeah. on top of it. Right. Whereas I would fly halfway around the world and have some pretty decent expenses out of my pocket. And maybe money. you're winning two grand yeah, you're losing money. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, like yeah. I'm paying my price, but I had power to do lifting, that. Nick. You're losing money every chance we can get, man, yeah. with all the investment and for a trophy. But you, you <laughs> get then you have to get to that level, and then when you get up to that level, then at that point, okay, now you have to back it off a little bit. And like you just said, there's that sweet number of of contests per year where you can really focus in and dial your training in and come in ready to go. But then for me, and this is now. Certain guys are different, and I respect that, right? Mm-hmm. But walking into a contest, if I'm going to go compete, I'm going to go compete, right? Right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I can't mentally, I couldn't, I could never accept walking in and not going and competing for winning, right? So I'm not going to enter a contest and say, "Hey, this is training for me. I'm cool if I get my ass kicked here. I'm just going to back off." <laughs> no, that that just doesn't that doesn't work, right? Like, and and I, to me, that doesn't make sense. And and if you're going to walk out there and you're going to put your name on the list to compete, then you're going. Right. Right. And that's just, but now it's different. Like you do a mock meet in training Mm -hmm. and you figure out where you're at to get ready for a contest. And, you know, there's, there's um different perspective on all that, man. But it's uh, like, I think as you grow and evolve, you have to level up with that stuff, but also be smart because there's more opportunities, Right. So I had to learn how to say no as well. 
mm-hmm. right? So everybody, everybody's, hey, Brian, come compete here. Come do this. Come do that. And, you know, it's harder. It's harder, man. Like, you know, I, I, like I always say, climbing the mountain to win World Strongest Man. Looking back, man, that was almost easier than maintaining it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's oh, for sure. Right? Because now you're always. the hunted and you're still the hunted. Like mm-hmm. anybody who's a World Strongest Man winner at this event, and I believe there's four of you, yep. you're all hunted for different reasons. Yeah. The guys who, you know, the, the younger guys who are one-time winners, they're, they're being hunted by the guys who, want it, have, who haven't won at all. Those three guys are competing against each other to see who's getting two. For and sure. And they're all chasing you because they want to catch you to be four, and then you're chasing someone else because you want to be the next guy to do five. And For it's, sure. And it's crazy. But you said something that was interesting that I think, too, when you're looking at it from a strongman competition's Early on, most guys are younger, so their recovery doesn't take as long, too. Mm. And then I think if you're smart, you can compete whatever, let's just say every 12 weeks or every eight weeks, depending on you know how well you recover from the other meat and how well you can maintain high levels of strength. But I think the other thing for you guys would probably be a better answer. And I would say I'm going to try to choose e- events that have a, mult- a lot of different events so that I can get my understanding of, oh, I'm really good at these events and I'm really poor. Instead of going to picking the picking the meets that you know all the events are, are winnable, I think, like you're saying, you were putting yourself in different situations. I would say, hey, I'm going to win. Like, you want that mindset, but I know in this particular one, I'm really going to go because out of these six events, I'm bad at four right now yeah. in my career. Like, I'm just not good at it. And you gotta, but you gotta go figure out how bad you are compared to the com- competition. That, then that you, is then you such know, a good then point. you know what to do in training. Yes. Like, and we've talked. Hey, yeah. I know what I'm good at. Yep. And there's a couple of events this year. Like, hey, I I just need to get the rust off. Yep. And I think we we can take a few more sessions off of this so I can concentrate on this. Yeah. And that's younger. That's such a point to talk talk about uh, for sure. Younger guys avoiding younger competitors now i mean both men and women they'll look at a lineup of events in a contest and say well i'm bad at that i'm not doing it right whereas for me and i don't know about you for you i'm sure it's the same way Mm -hmm. but you know one of my tougher events when i got started log press right and i i did um my first couple contests i didn't even have a log to train on right and i walked in and and uh, I remember the the first like pro am. That's how it used to be. Was a pro am had a three hundred pound log cleaning press, right? And I'd been doing I two months after my first contest, right? So I'd done you know not that weight, never done it, right? And I walked in and I said, "All right, I'm signing up, man. I'm going to drive." I drove from Colorado to St. Louis to compete in this contest. Never even I I and I knew that was going to be tough for me. I knew it was right. I cleaned that log about five times. I didn't press it in the contest, so I failed it. But I walked in there and put my back up against the wall and didn't, like, no excuses. And then guess what I did when I got home is I saved up some money so I could get a log. And then I went and trained the damn thing, and then I got better at it, right? But instead of taking the approach of, okay, I'm not good at this. I'm just accepting I'm not good at it. It was more, I'm going to make that my favorite because I want to train it and want to get better. And so I took a lot of pride in going after the events that were tough for me. Right. Right. Because I didn't want to, I, I really, at that point, like my goal, and I'll still say this, my goal is in the sport of strongman and always has been 
You can throw out any set of events. I don't care if it's for max or reps or endurance or speed, whatever. My goal is to be top three. I want to be able to do top three in every single event, every variation of every event. And if you're top three in every variation of every event in a contest, you're winning. Yeah, you're, right. you got, you're going to be, yeah. 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 And so that was the thing. And for me, it's, it's uh, I wanted to be able to walk in any contest and say that, right? So you're so well-rounded that they literally can't pick a bad event. It doesn't right. matter. Right. Like you give me a set of events, I'll figure it out. Which know? is why you've won four times. It's helped. Yeah. <laughs> was you didn't have, if I didn't have that mentality, like let's yeah. just say that, for example, I would have taken the approach with log. Well, God, you know, log doesn't, it's just not natural for me, you know, and I like to lift stones and I like to flip tires and I like <laughs> to pull trucks, but I don't like to do log. And that was just always in my head. I had programmed it where that's just going to be a bad event. Right. And well, oh crap, they have a log press. I'm just not going to do very good at log completely different mentality versus trying to make it the best thing you possibly could you know it's no different than when i was playing basketball i remember you know when i first very first time i ever like working with your left hand right doing like a left-handed layup i remember i went to this this camp when i was younger and it, it frustrated me beyond belief when i couldn't do something and couldn't do it well so I went to this camp and it was like, I was really, I felt pretty good with my right hand. I couldn't do my left hand. So I would just go drill it again and again and again and again. And I would, I would force myself to get good at it. And then, you know, it got to the point where around the basket, I could do right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, but it took a lot of work. So it's kind of the same thing with like, like you equate that to, to strongman now, circus dumbbell, right? Mm -hmm. How many guys have gone to the Arnold when they did have the cerebell that was 274 and could do that with their right hand or their left hand? Yeah. You don't even see that anymore. It's a dominant hand only approach yep. now. Well, I was the only guy. Yeah. I would walk okay. in there and I, I could say, well, I could do reps at, I could do reps with my right hand or my left yeah. hand. Right. But I worked on it diligently. Whereas so many guys now are like, well, I'm right hand dominant or I'm left hand yeah. dominant. I'm only using that hand, you know? So it's an approach of trying to get good at everything. Mm -hmm. But also the the thing is in my mind is if you're gonna if you're gonna work one side of the body, eventually you're gonna create an imbalance no there. Question, correct, right? Which so will eventually cause and that and look at it from that standpoint there, right? Like when you see that all the time, you know that how much time is being invested in doing, and it doesn't have to necessarily match, right? Yeah. But if you're doing a two seventy five sear dumbbell with your right hand, you better be doing at least half of that for some extra reps. With your left hand. On your left hand. I mean, yep. and I say that all the time as a strength coach. Look at the rotation athletes. Like, again, and I, I bring this guy up. He's he's possibly, you know, with Jack Nicholas, the greatest golfer ever. But I think a lot of Tiger Woods' physical issues and some of the issues he's had, would he have had him if he didn't do the same rotational movement from the time he was four years old to 46? Even though he trained it, we heard about his training you know, he brought training, really training into golfers, like look like an athlete. Yeah. But how much time did he spend on rotary and rotational movements on the opposite approach that could have maybe balanced him out a little That's bit more and, and changed the torque and the development of the body? And yeah. again, because if you look at now, especially with technology, and you see club head speed, how, how fast these, ba these balls travel, the torque on the knee and the low back, it, it, the constant, constant. How many times has that guy hit a golf ball? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Totally. And, like, and it's and it and it go and it goes. The one thing about strongman, in some ways, is because it's a, a double limb movement, whether it's lower body or upper body. They're not asking you to do max effort, you know, walking lunges for a hundred feet. 
No. You know, yeah. and then most of the stuff you're doing with carries, that's not that's a natural body a body you're walking. Yeah. So you're still balanced. Yeah. It's not one hey, you're only you you can do a thousand pound yoke walk, but you always gotta lead with the right leg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so there there's a lot of things that there's merit to that and 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 as we do know in comp, especially coming off limb injuries, there there's merit in training the uninjured arm to help bring Huge. back the opposite mm-hmm. the opposite Huge. limb or leg. So what what why wouldn't why wouldn't you think if you could get your your weaker side of the body stronger, it's probably going to help the stronger side of the body. I mean that's anecdotal research, and there's nothing out there I can see that's definitive. But there's there is definitive research in coming off injury and training the uninjured limb for helping in recovery and strength improvements. So the craziest thing about what you just said is now my left arm presses over my head better than my right arm. And the left arm is the one I throw the lat off on. Interesting. Yeah. It's so when I go to push overhead with an overhead press. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. You could feel it drive better. It just, it just looks better. feels better. It's just better. So I trained my healthy arm while I was, rehabbing this but now this has turned out to be better than this and, and that's yeah. why like going forward like when we're talking about like longevity of training yeah and you're building these like small readiness cycles and i and i've seen this with myself because as you get older the compensations in increase where the emphasis on single limb work yeah. during that process has a high has from a, from health mm-hmm. from health and wellness i think has a higher reward yeah for staying in the long game because by doing that you have more focus on where you have compensation so that when you do go to the bilateral lift you're you're gonna see some improvements and it's gonna maintain joint integrity and health better that's that's something that i think that has a lot of merit and the crazy thing is at the end of the day it's the joint health and integrity (laughs) that keeps you being able to do this as long as as so with with that with that being said one of the things that I focus on, I guess, you know, your guys' opinion, full range of motion. Yep. I've always emphasized that so much in my mm-hmm. own training is a full range of motion, right? And, um, you know, whether that's a bench press or shoulder press or whatever. And, and you know, you see these guys that now want to handle more weight, mm-hmm. right? So what do they do? A half rep. Right. Or shorten range of motion. It's like, oh, I, I you know, instead of taking a dumbbell down to your shoulder, they're stopping it at their ears, right? Because it's easier. And again, they want to throw up the bigger numbers, right? right? So, you know, it... Um, Which is going to create more wear in that one area and eventually erode the joint. Yeah, but from a long... And exactly, but from a, a longevity standpoint, flexibility. Correct. Right? If you can maintain good mobility and flexibility, so you can go through a full range of motion and you're training both sides... Right, so all these things, it's like being strong front to back, or oh, yeah. frontal you know, plane, transverse plane. Like, yeah. like for you guys, I mean, there is value in doing rotational core work because you spend so much time in the sagittal plane with some frontal plane things. The good thing is that you get in some of the transverse because there are the carries, yeah, so that you are doing some things like that. And then you know, there's some cool, you know, but most of the time it's it's up or down, yep. And that's that's something that where you build this robust athlete. And a lot of times that gets overlooked in, yep. in certain sports. Now, obviously, in most team sports, it's a lot of three-dimensional. So that stuff gets factored in. And that's where, like, some of that ancillary stuff becomes more important to the 
the big movements of the day, but in some respects, it's actually helping you and you don't know. Like you guys know, like you've seen it in some of your guys' training, like even yesterday, right? Yeah. Here, here you guys are. We know, everybody knows what your numbers are that follow the, the strong men. And we're doing some band stuff, and ooh, that was toasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it just exposes yeah. different things, and that's that's the cree, right? What exposes, like, man, how is this? This has got to be something that's going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> so this again, what's the value proposition? What's the best bang for your buck? What sure. are non-negotiables? And that's where the longevity becomes. Like for me in particular, I know exactly what's good and I know exactly what's bad. I know exactly what I need to improve. There's certain exercises that I would love to do that I just can't touch. Yeah. Because it's not worth a setback. Yeah. And that's where and again, that's where it comes into at certain points in your career or your or your game of long of long ball. Yeah. Is you gotta be willing to accept that this is just the way it is. Like sure. I'm probably not going to barbell bench press ever again over 135 for reps. And I really don't care to. So that's one good yeah. thing. I've already knocked that out. Yeah. But there are certain things with a dumbbell that sure. I think I got. And I, and I like, and I can still do like log presses. Yeah. So like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be, and now that I'm gravitated more into this, into this space, coaching and, yeah. and evaluating, it's probably better off that I do do log presses from a to continue to figure out the technical aspects more to sure. give better coaching standpoint yeah absolutely so it's all a game of just finding way hey man where do you fit in this time and age and can you accept it that's the hard that's the hardest part for the strongest men in the world yeah is to accept that certain points and and i'm and i'm like but look at what you've done like you're still stronger than 99 percent of the world sure and, and you've already accepted the fact that you no longer are at that level. So then yeah. you should be excited to be challenged. What's your next? See, and that's uh, like touching on, like, I guess the ego part of it, right? Like where, how do you keep the ego out of it when you're, when you're lifting? And, and I think that that's something that I know that I, you know, personally with different guys that have come to train with me, they think they need to walk in the door and prove something, right? Like putting more weight on the bar. And, and I've had this talk with, uh, several different guys yeah. and i'll say look man one yesterday yeah well you don't need to put more weight on the bar that's not going to impress me what's going to impress me is you putting a correct weight on the bar and moving it the way that it's going to it's supposed to move right? right doing a full range of motion uh and executing the lift in the right way that's going to be more impressive to me and and also you know walking in perspective i guess of being in the space and a lot of people might find this you know funny or, or whatever but different people walking in they kind of feel like they've got this pressure saying hey i've got to you know i'm around brian or whatever i got to put more weight on the bar i got to do this it's not it's not impressive um if you're lifting it with bad form right right and that's that's where you know taking the ego out of it and executing correctly that's what's going to lead to lo the longevity right and i'll say this because i learned this really early on when people go when I was in powerlifting and they go, well, how come you didn't win? Right. And I'm like, and kind of like you're saying, you are who you are. Yeah. Strength is who you are today. This is what you are. So if I'm going to go into a meet or if I'm going to come into a training session with Brian Shaw and I see your board yeah. where you're going to, and I know, 
Well, I'll be, I'll stop at his, I'll be still in, I'll be stopping where his prep sets are. Yeah. <laughs> and not knowing like, because I can't just wake up today yeah. and be a, a, be what you're going to hit. Yeah. Like, I, look, if I'm a 650 pound squatter yeah. and that's my best and Nick's going to open at 722, I just don't miraculously squat <laughs> 723 <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that doesn't and that's, happen and yet, that's no. where. Like you said, in this competitive setting that you guys are in, yeah, and I can't, I won't fault the athlete for coming in with that mindset that I'm going to try to hang with this guy for sure, especially if they know what the what the workout is ahead of time, yeah, and they kind of know, hey, I'm I'm looking to do this today, so you just tell me what you need to do, and they're like, I'm good, yeah, and some guys can hang, sure, and some guys can't, but that's where you're not, like you said. Don't let me affect your training because we're all training for the same goal to 100%. make the finals and win the world's strongest man. And yep. don't let don't let my actions f- defeat yours where you lose a day of training yep. because you were trying to do something that you were unprepared for. That and again, that's not. I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not debating the mindset. I think it's the correct mindset. Yeah. But the smart mindset is. Hey, I'm training these events today. This is where I'm at on this type of movement. Yep. That's where I've got to stick because if I don't, it could go bad. And now I've put myself behind. And as you guys know, the less injured you are, the longer you're going. The more injured you are, the less you're going. So why create injuries that are not necessary in training because you're trying to show off when no one cares? Nothing against it. We're in a beautiful facility. There's five or six of us. You're not. You don't want to impress five or six guys when the lights aren't on. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, so yesterday, you're hitting your lifts. Yeah. And then I'm over there and I'm doing some light training because I'm going to start getting ready for a contest. And I didn't go crazy with it. I just put weight on that I knew I could easily handle, even while I was still sore from the meat. <laughs> And then just have some fun with it and play with my technique yeah. and play with some things I'm going to work on. Yeah. It, it's just about getting some good work in and then doing that. And then we did some of the other workout later. Just accessory. Or yeah. Accessory workout. That was fun that yep. we all had fun with. And the yep. thing about watching Nick yesterday was, like you said, and the truth is that technical work is going to pay off mm-hmm. yep. when it's time to, okay, yep. now it's to a point where I've got to see where I'm at. I've got to load some of the weights closer to what the competition number is. And the great thing is he knows what the comp number is. Yeah. So it's he understands where he's at. And he, you know, he was in, based off of what I counted, he was still, you know, close to 75, 80% of that number yesterday anyway. Mm-hmm. So which is not bad when you're starting and that's the time. No, that's what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. That's like yeah, yeah, like you're hitting 80% and without and, really and just and, and it's the first time with the event right because mm-hmm. you're like hey you got yeah. an axle and yeah, yeah i got i got one out. yeah let's go check it out and then yeah. you know like and, and again the way he was flipping the continental clean that was that was money to me i was like golly that's impressive that yeah. man, how well he just transitions right into it yeah what uh what age did you guys start training at 14 uh 12 yeah 13 12 13, 13. and i was right around that too 13 yeah. 14 yeah. With that, with that being said, like getting into it, you're coming. I mean, gosh, how many years of training is that then? Thirty nine. Yeah. What's mine? Forty. Forty. Forty two. Forty two. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and pretty steady. Like, you know, I don't know if I've ever had over an extensive, like six month. And I think that happened. I, I, I know that happened at Boise state where I kind of just, I just, it just went bad for, you know, just was in a sure. space and it was six months. I mean, I know uh, several years ago at the Panthers, I trained 133 days straight and like, I remember you put 360 yeah, yeah. something out of 385 days or something yeah. ridiculous. And again, training for me is different. So yeah. like today, when I woke up and a lot of, and I've learned to do this, especially when I'm on the road, you know, I did 40 minutes of mobility in, in my room. I, I'll yeah. always pack a band, a, a peanut and a softball. Yeah. I'll do surf self myofascial relief. And I have my own little, I call it, you know, uh, elephant flow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do what I can from a mobility standpoint and I'll do my walks and I'll do, uh, and that's the other thing I, I would, I would recommend to the, to the master's age athletes is as much as I know you want to get your lifts in, I really recommend that when you get to that point where you know the competition, the competitions are over for the most part. You're not, it's, you're laying it to rest. Yeah. Yeah, Nick's not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm not either because I'm stupid. I'm going to show up to a meet next year too. For yeah. But I really believe just to, even if you are going to compete, I'll tell you this. Just take a look at your weekly calendar and and see if you could commit to not training in the weight room two days in a row and see how much better your recovery and your ability to to be motivated to show up in the gym. That's one thing that that's where I kind of turn my phrase tortoise training. Yeah. To slow it down. Like, uh, for example, I'll give you an idea of what my my weeks are like nine or ten days. So my window's nine or ten days. What I've done is I've built this four-week plan. So I do a squat day, a deadlift day, a horizontal press day, and a, a press pull day for upper body, and a vertical press pull day. Okay. But I train, I only strength train three days a week, and I work off of a, of a six-day, seven-day window because Sundays is not going to be what I call a pure training day. I'll go for a walk, but yeah. I don't count Sunday. So that week goes... I'll start deadlift Monday. I'll do mobility and some type of conditioning on Tuesday. I'll do horizontal press pull upper body Wednesday. Some type of mobility slash conditioning Thursday. I'll do squats on Friday. Saturday probably will do a, a different type of mobility work because that's when I try to, if I'm home, do strongman conditioning. Yeah. Sunday off. But then now the next Monday is vertical upper body. Okay. So then Wednesday's deadlift and then hard. So I'll go like two belly button down days one week with one upper body day. And then the next week it flips. Okay. So that I really, so what it does, it motivates you to know that these, these workouts aren't coming around mm -hmm. as consistently as they sure. used to be when you're younger. So the motivation to come in every day, knowing that not every Friday's like in college, not every Wednesday's big squat Wednesday totally. and stuff like that, where it just becomes monotonous. Yeah. And when you get older, monotony will destroy you. Sure. It keeps so, it fresh. So man. for me, it's, yeah. and it's worked and I've still yeah. been able to increase certain types of strength without being like, Oh God, it's Wednesday. I don't really want to squat today. Oh, today's upper body. Woo, got it. Got a Let's break. go. Let's I go. Got a break. Right. Well, the ability to take days off makes a huge difference too. Yeah, you have to realize when you're overtrained and need to just take an extra day off. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes it's like you know, with us, hey, yep. you're not training. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, that's that's 
you're, what do you even st- even still that's t- you know and you know it's tough for me yeah because like, mentally mentally like i think that's going to be the hardest thing for you as you get older yeah and i've got i mean the thing is this is this is an interesting conversation for me to have with you guys because it's kind of from where i am competitively right in my mindset with with so many different things and and uh you're going into training but just in life i think you have to manage all of it a little bit more um especially as you get older like it's just like okay you know i've been doing this and i mean this literally this year will be my 15th 15th in a row world's strongest man so i haven't missed one right so out of those 15 first year i didn't make the final i so i've done 14 right now 13 straight finals in a row like out of that but that that's longevity right right where you know you you're looking at like coming back each year and and you know to me that says okay i've done a good job of managing all that stuff but it becomes increasingly more difficult like as you keep going and um you know that's like you said house like you've been the voice of reason with some of this is like all right man like maybe today's today's the day i like you're not coming in training that's it right and we and we yeah we've had some we've had some really i wouldn't call them heart to hearts but there's been some things like i i i felt like i've got no one's going to tell them but me so i've got to tell them that hey man you need to think about everything yes everything like no and when he did you could tell there was like an epiphany like and i never i'm not thought really that that really makes that much of a difference for sure so how many days a week are you training right now mainly four so when i start training strongman which i'm going to start doing again because i got a contest coming up i'll train three days a week and then when i do powerlifting i'll go back to four days a week because i'll split it a little bit different but i'll do but the demand of the strongman is so much more on your body than it is right now for powerlifting you need need the extra extra days and what and that's what We've kind of we were discussing that for a while. Yeah, and you, I remember twenty five weeks ago when I brought it up. Man, you could see in his eyes like I don't want to hear any part of that. Three days a week, yeah. And I think now, and again, and sometimes though, because of the way we've had to set certain up, some days it's been five days with four days in a row, and that's where we've really learned like okay, at certain points in the deal, mix it we in. Ha- the truck we have bowl. to, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. to. You got about have to four adjust. more years to where you can really still train the way you're training right now before you need to take that extra day. I noticed mine at about 45. Well, it's, it's all like the, the, again, it goes back to listening to your body. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe for you, it was that maybe mm-hmm. for me, it's different, you know, and, and it's uh, like the, the demand and like how said, this is also the other thing, like as you get older, I've got a lot of other stuff going on, oh, you like in life, said, right? Grown man problems, it's man. Grown that's man what, that's problems. what I told him. So yeah. look, bro, yeah. you got yeah, grown man problems, and some of these other guys do not have grown yeah. man problems. You got problems. more yeah. stuff going yeah. on in a week than most everyone else bro, has going on in a you, month. You talk about, like, in a day. And you're a good caring father that spends time with the yes, kids. Yes, and don't yeah. forget that part. On top yeah. of all that, yeah. which and, is the most impressive thing. And spend time with the wife and everything else. You're trying to put a lot. Yeah, That 24 hours is being stretched. It's stretched, yeah. And I told him, but, we, I went on that, I said to him, I said, look, man, the hardest part for me is I control three hours of the day and I don't sure. know what's going on the other 21. Yep. And that's everywhere. That's even in college. Like one of the things that I had to bring up to Brian so that he could really see what I was talking about is, in, is an NFL athlete about stress, outside stress, 
all of it, the cognitive, the mental, the physical, the, the all of it, the emotional, everything. And we, most NFL teams, Tuesday is off. And what people forgot, or and I learned right away, was Tuesday for some of these guys was an entire work week put into one because this was the day, if you were a family guy, you were taking your kids to school or you were staying, cooking them breakfast, doing that. You had to spend time with the wife. Maybe you had some honeydews. Yep. If you took your kids to school, there's a good chance you may be reading books to the kids if they're elementary age. Hey, would you stay and read a book to the kids? Then you've got film study that you're probably doing at home. You may have to get treatment. You may be getting outside treatment by your specialists. Then, oh, wait, I got a foundation meeting with my foundation tonight, and I got two personal service contracts with people who pay me for doing commercials and stuff that I've got to meet with their executives. And then we they come in Wednesday, and we want to know, Man, these guys had a day off. They look they worn out. They should be fresh and rested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like they they couldn't wait to get, get back, back to to, work. to the work cuz yeah, that's yeah. their day off. Yeah. It's And that's and that's again, those are things that as you watch and in this day and age of social media, these younger guys are going to hit that type of stress earlier because yeah. that's the way they're making money. It you guys when you guys started your professional strongman career and a couple of these guys have too. Yep. You were trying to do other Ronnie Coleman's. You guys were working real jobs. Yeah, trying yeah. to train twenty four hours a day yeah, yeah. until everything fell into the sweet spots. Now, uh, it, there is a lot of people that don't understand yeah. what it takes, and I've been going through my mind like really, like like Nick's talking about three days a week versus four. I'm thinking, hey, if if, if the if there's multiple events in the days, and and the old Bulgarian system is there value of going, you know, three days a week but two sessions? Yeah. You know, cutting uh, yeah. the sessions in half. I don't know. I just won't recover from. Yeah, that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know I'm how that even getting works. Fired yeah. up and then going and yeah. training and then shutting it down and having. To and do that's that the problem that. because that's what happens in, in events. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you know yeah. that's and there, there again, how much can training mimic the events? Sure. So that, like closer, I got to world's strongest man. I would set up my Saturdays that way. I'd do an event at nine do another one at noon and do another one at three. So you were, but the thing is, so you were doing that. You were going up, last, down, up, down, up, down. The last five, six It's minutes. kind of like a mock how yes. you're going to feel, yeah. right? And, but and only I, for a short period of time. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that's experience, but also going there and knowing what you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, you don't get too high, yeah. right? You don't get too amped up when you don't yep. need to be amped up. You yeah. control it, right? Yeah. And, it's, and it's also being able to shut it down and go to sleep. Exactly. Right, like, and that's that's a that's a a, a skill, all in itself, really. Oh. You know, like you go to these meetings and you're walking in and saying, "All right, all this work, this body of work that you put into this this event, you're there the day before. You go to the rules meeting, you see the equipment, and you're like, man, tomorrow's go time, right?' But now you got to go to a place in your head where you can calm down, take some deep breaths, and say, "Okay, I, I got to calm it down and go to sleep." Because yeah. I need to sleep. Oh, that's yeah. a skill, right? you know. And that then, is an absolute. Now skill. let me yeah. let me ask you this, because I've seen, I've heard stories about some guys in powerlifting. Remember, I, there was so much time in between the old school days that guys would actually take naps in between the bench and the dead or the 
squat is is yeah, there is there ample I, time I, I in a strongman meet to like no. if you had a cot to just lay down and close your eyes or is it or is the hours not conducive to do that so what i would do like last year for example with, with where we were and they were actually running buses uh last year so i timed it out and they were actually sticking to a schedule last year which was really nice as well um for maybe the first time <laughs> in my over. entire career yeah. so i could go back to my room right so like leave the venue yeah go back to my room eat relax get off my feet lay down whatever um you know i didn't really we didn't really have enough time for me to take a nap yeah. or lay down but i got off my feet right so i was just chilling like you but and now how again, many how many other athletes did you see take advantage of that nobody but i had it all planned out right so i had all my food in my room everything was done so like all i'll i i knew what i needed to do to get right. back there and and so you know i but i have that planned out i've had that planned out better like and that's you know i would say better than anybody probably like in my career is like i'm i mean i went to um like 2018 uh we we're in uh, malaysia yep. no no or philippines 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 so i hired a kid in the philippines to go to the grocery store to shop for me and then i i had um actually i rented an airbnb there too yep. um and I was going back and forth, and then I figured out that the hotel, it was a little bit too much of a pain in the ass to do that. So I moved to the hotel, but I was still cooking all my food. So I actually that year brought like 60 pounds of bison with me. I remember um, that. Frozen. And like, I mean, I handled it, bro, because I didn't want to get there and not be able to eat what I wanted to eat. So this kid was buying me stuff from, you know, and, and he was loving it because I was paying him really good to go do, you know. I mean, he's making more money doing that probably than he could do anything else, right? Yeah. So you know but you, those are things like above and beyond so you're trying to control the environment so now i've got like trifecta god that's money yeah that's because efficient that's you know, efficient quality oh it's a, yeah. my good food so I, i'm i'm literally get to just they they'll have it all there for me they'll just ship the food right there it'll be right in my room i'll be ready to go and, and it's like two minutes and boom, yeah. like trifecta so i mean i might have some other stuff outside of that but but by and large i don't have to worry about my food because right. they got my back with that so it's you know like controlling your environment is huge like yeah, when yeah. you're going in here here's oh. the thing right if you can control the controllables it'll slow down the uncontrollables or it'll take less pressure off you because if you can't if you lose your patience or you lose the ability to control what you actually can control yeah that just makes the uncontrollables even more critical to uh, a, a, a mental breakdown. For sure. And that's why, you know, and everybody, because everybody talks about, you know, control the controllables and, yeah. you know, then you have to learn how to hit a curveball yeah. when the uncontrollable is. And then a lot of times what people forget is they think, well, the controllables are easy, but it's not. Right. Like you said, food, right? Hey, man, if you didn't have trifecta, that's another 30, 40, 50 minutes of prepping food Big time. that you could be laying down with your eyes closed whether Each you fall meal. asleep or not. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, you know, or even like, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to cold, I'm going to contrast shower here real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. before I get, before I get back on the bus to go yeah, warm up. Absolutely. Just little stuff like that. So was it 2013? 13. That yeah. did this? That, that made it to where you bring food to all the contests? Was it, was that the so defining thir moment? So 13, I had. Because um, I, I remember traveling with you to some of the other ones. Yeah. And you didn't bring your food, but every no, year I after that. I stepped my game up. I yeah. stepped my game up there. Yeah, thirteen was uh, Sanya. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, that was that was a tough one, bro. Oh, like I mean, you know, you're uh, 
the food was crap. Everybody's getting sick. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. When you oh, go overseas, did was did that when you learn like, hey, I need to bring my own stuff because I can't yes. trust what's going to happen. Because hundred percent. You know, we were talking about Travis Mash last year, and he told me about that a lot of times when they go overseas with the weightlifting team. It's like, yep. ooh, the food wasn't very good. No, and that's that's what happened. So basically, I was fighting, but I I had some beef jerky, I had Snickers bars, and protein protein shakes I had brought with me right and so that's pretty much what I was living on like when I'd go down because I wasn't going to risk it and these other dudes were well, down we were, there we were all thrown up yeah we I was pissed man you remember how mad I was oh yeah right like I'm just walking down there I'm looking at the food and I can't even tell what the hell it is and I'm like I ain't eating that and all the so, stuff all the stuff that was cooked all the way through was eaten by all the athletes and all the stuff that was halfway cooked was still sitting there but it would be sitting there for the first, second, and yeah. third buffet of the day. So here, here's what I did, right? So the uh, medical guys had gone to some sports bar. The Dolphin. Yeah, Dolphin. You remember the name of it. That's yeah. crazy. So, of course so, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I went there, and uh, I, I'm assuming it was beef. I'm yeah. hoping it was. <laughs> um, so I went there, and, and I started. So I And it was all in Chinese, right? So it's like... I literally had the translator guy, right, on a piece of paper, take me to this dolphin sports mm-hmm. bar, right, so I could give it to the taxi guy. And then I had another piece of paper that I kept in my, kept them both in my wallet and I marked them with colors so I knew where I was going and then take me back to the hotel. But th- this taxi ride was dangerous. Oh, right. Yeah. So, like, you're, you don't want to, I would, didn't even want to look at the road because they're driving so crazy, right? And it's just like a parking <laughs> lot going and you're just, otherwise, if you're watching, you're stressed out. They like, I'm stop like, for the red lights. No, was driving right just through, the right through like, so I'm like, all right, well, I got to go here. And so what ended up happening, here's the thing, is I was going there so much, right? And I don't know if you remember this. The girl that worked there thought that, like, I was going there because I liked her. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes. Right? So here's what, ha- here's what started yeah. happening. She started coming to the events, yeah. and she would pack me burgers. Yeah. So she started bringing me food like a bag and she would just show up and like smile and give it to me. And I'm just, all these dudes are looking at me like they've got this hot crap that's sitting out in the sun. And I'm like sitting here eating a burger that's like perfect. And they're all looking at me like, Brian, what the hell, man? You know, and I'm like, well, hey, you know what? Sucks for you. I'm I'm sitting here eating. And uh, so she started showing up to all the different events and coming and watching. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell her I don't like her. You know, she can keep bringing me food. But that's that's the truth, man. But after that, I learned my lesson because I was like, all right, I'm, I'm not in control i'm not in control and they're feeding us this and all these dudes are getting sick and they're dealing with that and you know um you know it uh that didn't really get me the last day the night before the finals i I, my stomach got a little bad there um but i was i still got up and pulled that deadlift and did what i had to do you know but again it's controlling the uncontrollable um or not controlling the stuff that you can control Control. right and that is something you're in control of but now you know, God, if I could have my own food and whatever, like Dude, all that did, type of stuff. And again, we've talked about this, and, and and rightfully so. You're you're the veteran of the game. You've seen a little bit more on the come up than some of these other guys have. How how has the game evolved? Like you were telling me, you were the first guy who brought bands, right? Big time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. how many guys are now doing the nutrition part? Like they're like, hey, Much I'm, I'm not Much messing more. around with. Yeah. what's available i know what i've eaten to get here yep and i'm going to stick with that because i don't need to have anything that could cross well, me just, up it's just gone 
you know, and that, and the thing is, is, is I, what I will say is like, like learning from you, like, like I said at the beginning, helped me out tremendously because a lot of these guys are going to these contests. The warm up equipment wasn't there, right? Yeah. So it's not like, and I think you might even you came to World Strongest Man in 2011. We we're doing a yeah, car walk, and you're yeah. like, you're like Gigante. How how are we going to warm up for this car walk? I was like, well, there's a bar there with some plates. Yeah, that's your warm oh, yeah, up, it's bro. Funny because I show up right, and I'm like, they're doing that car walk. When this is when you had to put the straps the, the on. Old, I know, yeah, I was straps, right? I was in the heat with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. And, and we're over, and I had just come off the walkthrough. Like I literally had my assistant drive me right to the NASCAR Hall of Fame because yeah. I'm like. I got to catch this guy at least one event while he's here. This was the first one he won too, right? Yeah, so, 11. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, all right, they're doing this car. I'm like, how do you guys warm up for these events? He's like, oh, there's a barbell over in a couple of weights. And I'm like, how does that simulate anything? No. And that's what, and I learned this again. I, and it's, and I'm glad, and that's why I train. I try to use like strongman in my conditioning stuff just to continue to get an understanding of what could go down. But, but that's what I really learned how strong you guys really are and, and the difference between manufactured weight room strong and farm real God-given genetic strong was the one strongman event I did do, the the lack of warm-up you get. Oh, it's like for me, even at that point in time, like I was always a plate quarter squat guy warming up, even at meets. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to go f open up at 5 or 5.50, it's – 135, 185, 225, 275, and and here I am now. And again, it wasn't a whole lot. I think at Chad's meet, it was a trap bar deadlift, like 450 pounds. And I'm like, all right, well, I didn't even get to warm up. Like for the first time in my life, I'm going to do something with, hey, tighten your belt up because it's, it's go time. It's go time. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's when the pure, and again, that's why, like you said, if, if you're capable of training and you're working with certain uh, parameters of sporting athletes that you can understand something more that's when that's when the whole dynamic of what you guys really were yeah really hit me again like uh, we had to do 180 pound log for reps but there wasn't no 100 pound log to practice on yeah. you had to practice on the 180 and i'm like yeah. well i'm definitely not doing any to count i mean yeah. i know how many i'm good for and i can't burn yeah. burn that out by doing the exact weight in the warm-up room it's like crazy yeah, yeah the band the bands are are crucial man and i've tried i've adapted those over the years i mean i've i've run the gamut of different events at worlds and and sometimes you have to warm up and it might be a quarter mile away yeah. like where yeah. you're going to be doing your event right like i've been in botswana and you're like warming up over here where there's some concrete and then you got to walk through this jungle path to get over here and this is where they're going to do the event but you're waiting right you're waiting a certain amount of time it's like well if i'm going to do a pressing event i got a damn band with me and i'm taking it down there yeah. i'm keeping myself warm and like a lot of guys at the beginning and, and this is something like i said i picked up from you with the bands and the warm-up and doing all the movement stuff and that's i just carried it over because it made sense right and all these guys are looking at me i'm pulling all this stuff out of my bag like brian what are you doing man because they're all just sitting there I'm like, well, I'm warming up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to well, be ready and, to and go. Now, like you know? for me, I don't even like to use that term. That's why I call it prep or readiness because yeah. that ain't warm. Warming up is going out and taking a walk yeah. with your wife and kids. And now you're like, and I, and I want it to be, I want, I want the athletes to know that this is part of the deal. That's yeah. where it's like, when you hear warm up, it's like, I'm nonchalantly going to prep. Yeah. But to me, it's prep. Yeah, it's pre-activity preparation, and in that model, depending on where you are and what you need, this is what you got to get done. Yeah. Because 
You got to raise your core temperature. You got to get the muscles and the actions and the mobility of what you're getting ready to do. That's not warming up. That's preparation. Sure. Warming up is general calisthenics, jumping jacks, and sure. a little of this. So for me, it's, and again, I even have to use the term warm up because that's what most people understand, right? Sure. So, but it's. No, you're exactly and, and right. That, but now you're prep. prepping. And, yeah, yeah. and the thing is, in my world, I'm okay with exceeding expectations in my print that may affect my big lift. But in your world, there's that fine line of getting the right mix of yep. lather, yep. Uh, improvement, ready to go without sacrificing too much. Sure. And that's why if you start with that type of capacity early and yep. you're able to move loads under that duress, when you start pulling back, which is what we're trying to build out now at this point is okay you're only going to have this much so let's start getting used to what the body what the body's going to feel like with with limited amount of prep mm -hmm. and that's that's the key and that's the part that's the fun part of coaching right okay. is like really dialing in and like yep yeah now we got to figure it out and that's well, the, and that's what people have to understand the longevity of being as strong as you can yeah. is on all the little ancillary stuff that when you're young yeah. you take as a joke and like, and it's like we always say, like with the athletes, all that ancillary stuff that's important that we used to put at the back of the workout, and guys would skip out on. Yeah. That's why I moved everything to the front. Then you hit it right when because you're now I know you're going to get your posterior chain, yeah. and I know you're going to get your posterior shoulder, sure. and I know you're going to get your core smart, and I know you're going to get your neck because the truth yeah. is, all of those areas are highly injury prone areas in most sports. Yeah. So I'm protecting you before you even get. To totally. the things that are going to enhance possibly your your overall KPIs of athleticism yeah. and strength and power. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got to do that stuff, and it's it's just. I mean, I've I've tried to do what I can to level up and you know play the game and and be smart and you know I think there's I think I've contributed. I've tried to help out other guys. I mean, I think there's you know different competitors have said they've learned a lot, and that's awesome, man. I learn I mean, from you all the time. I yeah. just well, and I've, learned, I've learned from you too right <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing is it's it's kind of coming in it's like hey nick i'll pick this up you train together you pick this up you look mm -hmm. at that and that's i think the capability the learning the learning capacity if you stop learning you're done yeah right and, I, and that's one of the things that that i've always loved is trying to learn more right and being open to new knowledge new ways to potentially do things a little bit better um and and i've had to evolve too man because here's the deal if i would have stayed where i was in 2008 2009 2010 2011 i wouldn't i wouldn't have done what i did right because everybody's coming in and like you said it's a target right like you win world's strongest man you got a target so every every contest i'm walking into i got a target on my back and my job is to i didn't want to win one right i wanted to win and win and win and win and so it's like okay that yeah i got the monkey off my back so to speak right but that was to me just the start of it mm -hmm. and that's how i approached it was like i'm coming back better i'm going to come back better and and you know 2012 that was a t like and i've talked about this before 2012 was a tough year for me because of the bicep and then the nerve stuff and whatever and it's kind of like you're going from the top of the mountain to the bottom and then you got to climb your way back up but you know that drive and and um like hunger to get better that's what keeps you coming back and, and and keeps you winning in any i think any top athlete in any sport you gotta you gotta have that that drive 
and passion and hunger to get better and want to keep coming back, right? Because if you're content, you get content, you're done. you get complacent. Hey, everybody, everybody's coming up, man. Like you don't think you don't think other guys want to win. I mean, just like we said with World's Strongest Man, there's 30 athletes. I'm one of 30, right, going in there, right. And all these dudes, you're telling me not all those guys. If you ask them, they want to win that title. Of course they. You're do. not going there if you don't want to win. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't matter where you are, or what you know. It's just like we were talking about. If if you if you're in Division One athletics, yeah, and you don't have one inkling of a prospect of going to the league, whatever league that is, That's so you're true. probably not going to fare well and there's too much work to be done of course to stay in that sport as long for for even if it is for the academic scholarship or to get a degree it's for just sure. way too much work and that's where you know you find competitiveness but there's also you know people who should you should go there with always i want to win and then there's realism like i i don't know how many times like i tried to be as disappointed as you were the times you weren't on the podium, I always yeah. tried to bring that voice of reason. And, and my thought was someone's got to remind him that, yeah. hey, winning is the ultimate, but you're still a po- the podium. There's a reason why there's a podium in individual sports. Sure. Everybody yeah. wants to be on the top of it, but everybody wants to be on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no, and, 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 what, and I'll tell you this, because we, and, and I, and I explained, and I uh, respect the motivation that you use for the for the non-winning yeah. years, and you will have so much more appreciation when it's over. Of course, I you, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll almost. I would be surprised if it wasn't emotional when you line them all up. Yeah, and you're like, look what the f I accomplished. Sure. And again, I don't want you to. To me, I'm kind of okay with you feeling the way you feel when you don't win yeah. because it motivating you to continue to win. Yeah. Like you're not satisfied with podium finishes. Sure. Your satisfaction is to win. Like, Hey, I'm not, Hey, I, I kept this in here for a full year because I had an opportunity to win and this is how it went down. And then yeah. I had an opportunity to do this, but like, again, we're talking about longevity and lifelong uh, success. And we're all in an age where let's face it, regardless of how the highest levels ever, we're still we're in we're in the other side of we're in significant era now. Sure, you know success is still a chase because we're all competitive. We, winning will always mean success, but now it's where's the significance that I bring? Like for yourself, sure. whether guys would say it out loud or not, they everyone respects you. Yeah, because the way you handle yourself and true, let's be truth. You've brought a lot of cool things to the game, not only in the game but outside the game where these guys don't have to worry about possibly having a full-time job because they can make money off YouTube or sure. you've, the yeah. game has opened up oh, so yeah. much with sponsorships and how to play that game from the, like Nick was talking about business the other night, like man, the business stuff, man, how did where did you figure, you know? And again, like you're saying, there's different businesses. Yeah. You want my name? There's a difference to be, you want me or you want my name? There's yeah, a difference. Yeah. There's a because if yeah. you want me, then I'm all in with you, and you. This is what it looks like. Where yep. if you want my name, that's a fast grab. Yep, yep. Because like you, you're saying, well, because when they don't want your name, you're out. That's but it. if they want you, yep. you're not out. Even when you're, even when your name loses a little of the yeah. of the hype, because now you're on the other end of it. Now you're promoting the next generation, and because you got value, they know. Hey, who's the next guy we got to get? Sure. B. Yeah. I mean that's, well, the, that's that's the thing. Yeah, and I and I appreciate that. I really do, man. And it's it's tough to see it when you're in it, right? It's very hard to look at that picture um 
And that's, and I'll, I'll self-admittedly, I'll say I, str- I struggle with that, right? Because it's, it's, that's how it's been, right? You know, even when I win, I, I go back and I'll be honest, man. I look at, I oh, look no, at you a win. Oh, I could have won by 10 points. This like, is what I did. I won I, by two. Like, and that's, it's just, I think when you're that competitive, it's, it's something that is a quality, but then in the moment you don't look at the bigger picture. You do, I can't, and it's you very can't, hard hey, for me to see that. And it's like, it's like individual accolades in team sports. I've said it about myself and I've said it to a couple of the players that I've coached. Like, you know, I've been very, very fortunate. Like I've been around so many good people that have, I've won individual awards because of people. Yeah. I win because of athletes. Yeah. Any, anything a coach wins on an individual basis, it's because the kids, for some reason, they believed in you and they enhance what you asked them to do to a level that is ungodly, uh, ungodly. But during that moment, like being coach of the year or being this, when I'm coaching, yeah. I could care less, man. I'm trying to sure. win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. I'm trying to help these guys win a Super Bowl because if I can of get course. them to win their goals, I reap that benefit too. Sure. But then you get into the space I'm in now, yeah. and now all these individual accolades have merit now because they've got value to me. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. hey, why would I pick this guy? Yeah. Right? What's the difference between this guy here and this guy here? And then you sure. look at, they both did the same job. Well, this guy's done this, Yeah. and this guy's done well, not yeah. so much. Sure. Well, and it's 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 uh, yeah. I think I think you're right. The perspective will change, and I, and that's and that's, that's okay, okay, man. I don't. That's yeah, right. like I said, I, I I'm glad your perspective is the way it is because you're highly motivated to win, and it's not. You know, you you. It, it goes back to like the participation trophy stuff, right? Like right. Yep. Everybody talks about. Well, this we're in the participation award, you know, and I'm like, okay, and I always and I because I don't, I don't want to undermine kids, and I don't want to undermine the athletes. Yeah. It's yeah, but you guys are all talking smack about, oh, I'm not giving my kid the trophy. Yeah. Then why'd you sign up for the league that says on the sheet for $100, kinda, you yeah, get yeah. a jersey, you get 10, and everybody mm-hmm. gets a trophy, yeah, yeah. win, lose, or draw. Yeah. So you signed them up for it. Sure. If you didn't want them to get a participation trophy, yeah. then go sign up for a non-participation trophy league yeah, yeah. where just exactly. the winners get the league. Or, the, or, the, yeah. or the, hey, if you come in mm-hmm. first, second, and third as a team, yeah. you'll award trophies. Okay, yeah. I get it. So if I'm 0 and 10, I'm not walking out with a trophy and smiling and going to Burger King. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my whole thing. It's like kids are soft. Is it soft? Are they soft, or is it because society's changed? This is who they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what do you do when they do that in the schools? Because that's all they do in the schools now. Oh, I understand that. I mean, that's part of the problem too. And there's no PE. There's nothing go. I mean, yeah, it, because it's like well, it's the same thing with leadership. Everybody now, everybody has a voice. No, no. You know, yeah. leadership. You earn the voice. Yeah, yeah. How, leadership is not about everybody can be a leader. There's a reason why it's called leadership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to separate yourself. You know, you earn the right to lead yeah. by what you've done, your actions, and how people follow. Like, yeah. you know, that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, when people say, oh, this guy's a leader by example. You know, you hear that all the time because he's a quiet, work hard person or she's a quiet. Oh, that means they're a leader by example, right? And I said that for you. Yeah, that sounds good. But then I'm like, who's following yeah, because sometimes you just need a good hard work and sob because you need a lot of those people. Yeah, it's like military, right? Mm-hmm. You got generals, you got captains, lieutenants, corporals, however that hierarchy goes, and then you have the soldier. Yeah, and some of those guys gravitate into leaders of certain segments, but Absolutely. then there's certain guys that are just straight teammates. Yeah, and that's what people forget. It's like, hey, at some point in time, there's a definition of what a leader is, and if there's 365 people out there. 
all 365 can't be leaders because then no. who's who's that person that's following? And that's where with a leader by example is, well, who's following you? Sure. If no one's following you, then you're really not a leader by example. You're just a hardworking SOB and that's sure. okay. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, winning, man, that's a whole different topic with kids and, you know, that type of thing, like, like uh, you know, whether participation trophy and, and that type of thing. And, and it's something I'm going to struggle with, you know, with my boys. I, I'll if have you a hard keep time. score, winning matters. Yep. So then let's, let's teach these kids how to lose yeah. with uh, – you know, how to win with dignity and how to lose with respect. Well, lose, losing I mean, is an important lesson too. Yeah. Oh boy. Right? It's important. And how you how you lose, right? And I take it a certain way. And there's there's people out there that might say, like, we're bringing up the second place trophy I kept in a box for a year. And then I brought it out because it's motivation to me. And I, I showed it to people. But at the end of the day, looking at that means something to me, right? I'm doing it for my head, like not for anybody else. Yeah. It's not for a show. It's not for anything else. It's just like, hey that's motivating to me it's been motivating to me my whole career right like seeing what different trophies that i could go through every single trophy i have has a different meaning story i could tell you how i was feeling i could tell you what i could have done better i could tell you know that's just how it is man i don't i don't like i analyze things a lot you know and oh, yeah, it, you, yeah it, you, and there's been people that i've heard in your profession that feel like you overanalyze it sometimes and it, much, co and it costs you sometimes yeah 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 and so, you know, and that's part of, um, you know, part of being competitive, I think. And it's, it's uh, you know, going in, in and attacking. And, you know, I think we've I addressed that a lot better this year, maybe. Um, and I'm excited, man. I mean, it's but, you know, you're, you're motivated, you're hungry uh, and, and go into different things. And, you know, it's uh, it's playing the long game, though. I mean, circling back to the whole thing. Yeah. It's like when I'm getting in every different piece of the puzzle along the way and different people that have influenced me like you set the stage for, Hey, Brian, what do you want to be doing when you're, when you're 30, 35, 40, right? Well, I want to be lifting at a high level and competing. What well, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like listening to those voices early on for me was very smart. Right. And I could have been stubborn and said, you know what? I'm not listening to that. I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. And I probably wouldn't be where I am. You know, well, and also, like you said, like you did something that I'm sure some of the guys that were the generation ahead of you appreciated that you didn't come in as a snotty, cocky dude. You're like, hey, guys, yeah. I got some questions. Yeah. Would you mind asking? I'm just trying to figure things out. And yeah. now I think guys feel that they can come to you if if needed. And, I've and, helped and out. build a relationship. I've with helped you. out more guys. And I will. I will, too. Yeah. Right. Like, and I'll, I'll even go like it. And this is probably weird, me saying this and, and like that is probably weird because of how competitive I am, right? But I want to beat their best. I want to beat their best, right? So it's like if I'm doing something and they, there's guys that have come over at Worlds, I'm not going to name names, but there's certain guys that have come and they sat right by me. And they literally will tell me, I'm going to watch everything you do just because I want to learn, right? And they're a new guy or something. I'm like, okay, I can respect that. If you have a question, I'll help you out. Right. And they come in with that attitude and they typically those guys will get a lot better. Right. And they'll come back and they learn little things and they learn little tricks and they learn, you know, and so, but I will help. And that's one thing that I, I think you could probably ask anybody out there that's competed. If yeah, you got at a the question, end of the day, like it, it is not going to change what you do. No, I mean, it's, no. and you know, for them, it's like, Hey, yeah, bring your, bring your a game. If yep. I can help you out, give me a call. Like, Yep. Like I remember, I, I think it was, I think you said it out loud. Like 
hey, I'd love for, you know, Kiliskowski to come train deadlift with me. I want it. Yeah, yeah. You said yeah, it out loud. For sure. Like, yep, yep. Hey, I don't mind him coming, man. I, I think yep. I can help him out. And yeah. And I know. still would. Yeah. I mean, I mean that offer is still there, man. I mean, it, yeah. Know. And and that's not and that's a that's a top flight competitor of yours. That's a Big guy time. who could keep you off the podium. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. But it's yeah. it's kind of like that that it in a weird way fuels me though. It's like, all yeah, right, if I sure. can help you out, man. Let's just see what you got at your best, you know, and, and I want to compete against that. And, you know, if, uh, if a guy's willing to, to ask, right, just like I've asked other people before that have helped me out, sometimes they'll help, sometimes they won't, you know. And sometimes when you ask, or, or even here's the other thing, some, it's like, again, it's acquiring information. Like you were talking about applying. I always say, you know, absorb, modify, and apply. There, and there could have been guys who were willing to, to help you, and the things they said just didn't resonate with you. And yeah. you're like, okay, at least I know now that these are things that don't resonate with me. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's part of the learning process too. Cause yeah. you got to filter, you have to have a filtration system. Big time. You have yep. to, especially in this, in this sport. Well, everybody, the thing is everybody's built different too. Right. So something that works for me may not work for Nick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because of yeah. my leverages are different. My powers. Different. Well, even funny. Cause yeah. like as the, really as more yeah. watching Nick on video, though, his style, he, the vert pull is not a good accessory exercise for him. No. Because of his style. And it's not, it's not that it's a bad exercise, but like when we're yeah. talking about the tank and yeah. what's the go-to, yeah. Nick could do that like once every month just for a change of pace because, hey, I'm bored. Sure. Hey, I'll try this. Where, where for us, I think it's, it's an important part to keep in. Big time. Big time. Different, it's a different mechanical advantage for certain guys, and it is what it is. Okay, I have a question. Okay. So what should I be doing? <laughs> I have to I have to study more because your stance and your style is very unique. And again, yeah. because of your up, how you're, you know, you, you. And again, I don't want to say this without without sound like a PT, but like tighter thoracic, so you're very strong with a with a little bit more curvature of the of the upper back. Yep. But because your your lats and all of that can maintain tight, it doesn't break form. Yeah. So it's all about form breaks to me. Like that's what I'm looking at is I'm not a biomechanist. I'm not a PT. So for me, it's watching somebody's style and then how that looks. And then where's the form break at what point in time? And I think I might've learned that by listening to how winning evaluates technique sometimes and how Dave Tate and those yeah. guys broke down my technique is as the loads, because you can't really find a form break till you get to a certain number. Totally. Yep. You know, and then you, then you say, okay, this is where, you know, and that's why like, even now there's a couple of ancillary exercises that I might've thrown out, but watching some of the, again, same exercise, different apparatus or bar changes the different pull yeah. that I feel like we got to keep that in because when it's game time, we're going to, I just feel more comfortable that he's going to have the, mm -hmm. the strength and dexterity in certain points of the body where, where fatigue could happen. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost think it's, Stiff like a deadlift and like one to two inch deficit. Uh, yeah, pulls. I mean, that's because my, my problem's off the floor. Because yeah. what happens when I get to the bar to my knee? Game no, over. I know. Yeah, it's yeah. game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why, like, for me is. personally, like, I that's when, uh, you know, for my little, when my goal was to pull 500 at 50 when I hadn't deadlifted in anything, and I was like, and I missed it, and I barely got it off the ground. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm doing pauses at the chin off of it off of a two mat deficit and the next year when i pushed it and it broke yeah. and it flew up 
And everybody's like, you got 25 more pounds. I said, I didn't come here for 25 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to do 551. There it is, baby. I'll see you in a few years. Yeah, yeah. I'll come back and try to hit that later. But that's the thing is like you find right away like, come on, man. And the numbers were right. Like I know, and like I was telling Brian, this is where to me sometimes I get really, I don't want to say, I don't know the right word, but like I'm like, I need numbers. Like we're talking, yeah. I'm like, I need these numbers because yeah. then I know, like I told him, I know if I do 465 for a single on a two-inch mat deficit and I can do 500 pounds on a wagon wheel, I'll pull 500 from the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's the things like, mm-hmm. that's the things that I'm learning now with all the accessory stuff and how we've yeah. kind of tracked the loads. I'll know, we'll know more. Like I, like I said, I've already figured out a couple of things moving forward. Okay, this is... We need to keep these in longer. We need to do certain volume changes longer on on a couple of specific lists. But then the rest, you know, but then what we were working on has exceeded expectations. Sure. Like, you know, there's just, so now it's, okay, how do we just even it all out so yeah. that we've got all this stuff together? And that's, and again, that's where when you're working with the right athlete, mm-hmm. they're not mistakes. Like, yeah. what right. we, we didn't make a mistake. No, it's just, learning. there's, okay, we got a lot of things great done, but now there's even a way to get better. It's not a mistake. It's, oh, I know how to get us even better. It's cool. For <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's the thing about the constant back and forth uh, banter or house. I looked at the charts. I think I like this better. Fine. Because it's his, it's, in the end, it's his. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just a small piece, and I'm, I'm cool. Like I, I like being the strength coach because it's a background job. <laughs> like you get like again i've been fortunate that people know who i am but like in the end yeah like i'm cool like we've talked to some discussions about world's strongest man and the role and stuff and i and and like what the rules are and i'm like hey, i'm cool like don't worry about me man if yeah. I, I know i know i know the game and i know because i want it to be comfortable for him yeah like at the end of the day it has to be normal you know and then who you know and again I, and i guess we I've never handled women to meet. It's not, that'd be a bet to me. I don't want to say it'd be a detriment, but he needs somebody who's been to world's strongest man with him in his corner, depending on what the allotment is. So for me, if I'm about the limelight, Oh, you're only allowed one. Well, that's me, but it's not about me. It's about what's going to be the most comfortable for this guy. Cause if it was, if Andy was going, it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. it's like things like that, and it's like those are things that are learnable. Yeah. And then as I get more comfortable being around meets and watching him and his interactions, and then if if there is a time where that needs to be that I'm the best choice, yeah. then that's that's a different game. But that's where like if you're if you're about the athlete, it's what is his his best capabilities under these stances that people who know him at these types of events that have been with him long enough that understand then what's your role as the secondary person my role is to have you know when I, when he's available to see me or yep. getting the notes to you know where here's the cards yeah there you go here's a, here's yeah. a little peep here's your cards read these cards keep them focused the, you know these are the you know what's the cue numbers like yesterday mm-hmm. man major breakthrough for us Huge, huge, huge win. Yeah. So we're, cool. we're, we're, it's going to be a, it's that's, that's what I love about the whole thing is now it's the next level for me as a coach and a learner. Yeah. What this really looks like, 
Yeah. And, and a, I know what a football game looks like. I know exactly what my <laughs> oh, role is yeah, yeah. or any type of sporting event. But this is different. And then, like you said, when they're giving you guys specific, hey, man, this is what's allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So that who's that going to be? I don't need him worrying about, oh, man, I wonder if I don't choose him. Is, is he going to no, be upset? And I'm like, no, yeah. man. So I'm going to tell him. And I asked him. I said, hey, man, I'm cool with don't even worry about me. Yeah. Don't don't worry about me. I'll I'm cool wherever I stand. Yeah. Sure. No, and that's I mean it's it's just yeah. It it's good. All of it's good, man. Yeah. Like I moving mean, forward the progression, the you know, like you know, just going back to the But even the, like even like yesterday like I was saying, man, like with your experience and just learning. Everybody's just, just learn like like everything's out there and that's yeah. and the older you get, the more you appreciate it. Like you don't look at the younger you are and these people like, hey, can I give you advice? No, I didn't ask you for your advice. Sure. I know what I'm doing. I'm the man. Don't you see the, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm one world's strongest man. Yeah, yeah. I don't need your help. And then you know what you find out when you never win it again? Yep. Golly, what if I would listened to him? Maybe that help would have given him and I would have won another one. Well, see, and that, but that's, that's the difference, right? That's the difference. I mean, there's, and, and a lot of people have said this to me at different points. Like, ma'am, they, they come up and meet me or say hi. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to somebody that's their first time, their first contest they're training for. Give them the time of day just like anybody else, man. Whether it's, hey, you're a world champion or you're this or you're that, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to just try to help that person out in that moment. And, it, and again, it's, it's coming at it with a humble attitude because, you know what? At one point, that was me. Yeah. yeah. And, and you right? know what? Most athletes don't get to end on a high note. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, so in the end, yeah. you, you, you hit that point of greatness and coaching the same way. And then all of a sudden, hey, you're just a guy and or you're just a girl or you're just, yeah. a, you know, and it's you're back to reality. Right. Sure. And it's now it's like and now you got to find a way, you know, to stay the course. And that's the that's the part of like, you know, the long term yep. commitment to training. And when you when you show up at these meets and you're you know, you've been done for whatever you know, whenever those is for you guys. And sure. like, even for me, like, Hey man, I, I have a certain appearance that I want to uphold, uphold. Yep. Like I know what I am. I know what I'm not, but I'm not going to be different. No. Yeah. You know, like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to train as hard as I can build who I am. And that's it because that's what people expect from me. Sure. Like, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't do it because everybody's like, damn, man, house is still trying to bang weights. It's like, that's all I know. I don't know no, any different, man. Yeah. So that's you love to do it. Yeah. yeah for yeah. me, that's do part of love. the, yeah. that's part of me, like being exuberant and like being committed to the task is like, Hey man, if this is my trade yeah, and, and I'm fortunate that I do a sport that I can practice that trade, yeah, yeah. you know, that's why like football is extremely tough for guys because they can't practice their trade year round. Sure. That makes it a hard uh, sport to prepare for but a basketball player a soccer player a hockey player in lacrosse Mm -hmm. softball baseball you can do that daily 365 for sure yeah yeah well i think that's a good ending point man it was great it was good Really good. God, I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. I know. <laughs> well, we we, we kind of well, did. We, have, we, we yeah. kind of have, yeah. <laughs> I've been on all day. That's, that's Eastern time. But yeah, it's already yeah, yeah it's already rolling up. Wow. Yeah, we got uh, we got eating to do. We've got other we things to do. So um, if, you, if you guys haven't, make sure to check out Nick Best, uh, Joe Kim, Big House Power. Uh, follow him on Instagram and uh, give him some love. But uh, if you enjoyed the show, please share it. 
you know, give us some love in that way because the more reach that we have, the more people that share it, the more we're going to be able to impact people and and, uh, spread a positive message. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Hope you're all doing amazing. For now, go out and be great, and we will check you guys later.